The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Bing! Take that to the bank. L.B. Those are the only letters that matter because the Saints are hemorrhaging linebackers. Kevin's going to get his horse down. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbro. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast, sponsored by the Pelican House of Baton Rouge. They have 136 draft beers on tap, the largest selection in the Gulf South. They're located on I-10 off College Drive, 2572 City Place Court. They got a 12-foot TV to watch the Saints and watch LSU. They got 12 50-inch TVs. They got 136 beers on tap. You could drink a beer for every yard that Odell Beckham gets against Florida and every yard rushing that Pierre Thomas has against the Patriots. Well, that (laughs) might be for the season. Uh, Well, but anyway, Pelican House, we're proud to have them as a sponsor uh, in Baton Rouge. Go there on Saturday and Sunday for all your football needs it's fantastic just go um all right andrew i'm gonna start wow, we're fucking legitimate here all of a sudden <laughs> we're not, i feel like we're on wwl here the jets oh, touchdown jets touchdown unbelievable jets. hey kevin I'm watching the game cast <laughs> i am kevin can i order my nfc south championship hat and t-shirt now <laughs> i tell you what you know that i'm gonna have it so the fucking kids the fucking kids in chad and Bolivia and fucking Nairobi, they are going to be getting their uh, 2013 Atlanta Falcons NFC South Division Championship gear for early. They'll be getting it in time for Thanksgiving. As you send it now. Kevin, as you say on the open, boom, take that to the bank. Yes, indeed. All right. On, you, I mean, who the who's quarterbacking for the Jets? Geno Smith, my friend. Geno's. They're being beat up by Geno Smith, who I, I fuck. I thought Geno Smith was being was being uh laid out on a gurney for like the last three weeks. Jesus, this is great. This is great. Seventeen. I think we're gonna right have now. more. I think right. we're gonna have more comments in our Monday Night Football Falcons thread think, on CSC than I our think, regular I, Saints thread. I think we might look. All right, Andrew. Speaking of good quarterback play, Geno Smith is having a nice game, but. Drew Brees had 83% completions. What the hell does he have to do to get an A-plus in your grades? Does he have to cure cancer? Does he have to have world peace? What what, what does he have to do to get an A-plus from you? He's on the downslope. He he was wearing pink gloves, man. Come on. (laughs) No, he – you know, it's a fair point, and, you know, maybe I should have given him an A. I I think, obviously – I've said this a couple times. With Brees, it's tough because we – we're spoiled. I mean, we, we have seen such excellence at the quarterback play, and now we come to expect so much out of him that, you know, if he doesn't throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns, it's almost like, yeah, you know, he threw for 300, couple touchdowns, you know, nothing, you know, he, he had a decent game. You know, that's yeah. like a decent game for Drew, like 298 and two touchdowns. Yeah, his snap, but, um, his, his streak of 300 yards got snapped. Yeah, no, I think the main reason why is the Saints didn't really – I mean, obviously this wasn't their game plan, and they, they didn't really attack the Bears yeah. down the field. But I just felt like a lot of his throws were safe. A lot of his throws were you know, medium to short throws. And, and I thought a lot of times when it was third and six, third and seven, where they needed to get to the sticks, he was throwing it a yard short of the first down. So there, it was just little stuff like that where I felt like he could have been maybe a tad – more aggressive in that game than he was, but, um, but yeah, I mean, that's just nitpicking, you know, look, I mean, A minus A, you know, yeah. well, you never trust, never trust a vegan football analyst. That's what I always <laughs> say. <laughs> well, Kevin, here's the thing. 
I'm going to argue that as great as Drew Brees has been, you know, as great as he was in 09 and as great as he was in 2011, this might be his best year because this is the by far the worst offensive line he's ever had. He's getting sacked at twice the rate he normally does. Um, and yet he's still kicking ass. And besides a hiccup at Tampa, he's basically been fantastic. Yeah, but he's still classless and, uh, you know, running up the score and just, stat horned up and yeah he's yeah he's 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 really he's really not fit he's he's really not fit to be to be considered an elite quarterback I mean you want to talk elite I mean if you want to talk elite I mean you can't spell elite without Eli and 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 Joe Flacco I mean Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl he was the Super Bowl MVP and he was signed to a huge nine-figure deal so surely Joe Flacco has to be uh, among the best in, uh, in 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 the NFL, right? And don't and, forget, don't and, forget, I, Big Ben has more Super Bowls. Oh my God! Right? Stop. Big it, Ben, dude, Big Ben right. has more Super Bowl rings. I mean, Kurt Warner went to more Super Bowls. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. The I don't only, know what to tell you. The only thing Pete, more. Is, why did you invite Pete Prisco on the podcast? Yeah, what, the only thing more ridiculous than that is me saying never bet on Geno Smith on the road. In my column at Channel 4 on Friday. Um, You're an idiot. I know, I am. The Falcons at the Georgia Dome. Oh. The Falcons <laughs> cannot run the football. This no, is great. If anybody's watching this game, can somebody please tell me if the, if, if the stadium looks empty or not? It's uh, or how many Vic jerseys are there? I'm watching. They're not showing this, the fans yet. Actually, there's a shot of the fans right now. No, No kidding. I'm looking, and they, they just showed maybe like 45 fans in the stands. At least half of them were Jets jerseys. <laughs> um, they so it says the Falcons' defense stinks. <laughs> Dave, so he's not all that half bad. <laughs> Dave, um, a lot of people on the internet, uh, this is the stat heads, and even people at Chronicles, they always clamor. They say, God damn it, give Pierre Thomas the ball more. Give him the ball more. And he got the ball a lot yesterday, 28 times, in fact. Um, was that just a game plan thing? Was it a Sean Payton saying, hey, you're in your hometown. I'm going to feature you, get you a couple of touchdowns so your family and friends can have a great time? Or is this a trend that we're going to see going forward where maybe not 28 times, but we're going to see Pierre Thomas get more touches because Ingram sucks and they don't trust Robinson yet? Is You know, so – how do you see that playing out? Um, well, as far as against Chicago on Sunday, I mean, I think it was a combination of the first two things you said. I, I, it seems like I, I just this is what I observe, but it seems like whenever they play Chicago in Chicago, that Pierre always um, does well. He always seems to do well, and he always seems to be given the opportunity to do well. Um, and uh, so. And the first thing you said asked was was a part of the game plan. So yes, I think it was part of the game plan. And I think it was because they were in Chicago. Um, but uh, I'm totally happy with what they're doing right now as far as the running game. I think um, it's picking up a little bit. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broom 
Gate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Yep, they're getting a little bit better. I, again, I think most of the problem is with the O-line. I think uh, subtracting Mark Ingram was an addition. Um, I think that was addition by subtraction. I don't know Classic. if we're ever going to <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know if we're ever going to see Mark Ingram again. To be honest with you, oh, uh, we'll play over. We're going to play over under in a minute, so that'll be. Fun. I'm. I'm sure I know your fave game. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, you know, I, I, I think really if the running game is going to get any better, and again, I think it's heading in the right direction. If it's going to get any better, it's got to start with the old line. Sproles is fine. Pierre Thomas is fine. Kyrie Robinson is fine. All three of those guys are good running backs, decent running backs. They can get the job done. They just need a little help up front. Uh, Kevin, this is kind of a question that I maybe should have asked you before and have you prepared, but I just I'll, I'll ask it anyway because it's fun. I'm always prepared. Yeah, Pierre Thomas is he going to be a Saints Hall of Famer? Yeah, yeah, without hesitation, dude. I thought I thought you were going to ask me a hard question. <laughs> Jesus Christ, boy, this whole fucking listen. If Darren's, I mean, fuck. This whole squad, this whole team, this whole stretch is loaded with Saints Hall of Famers. Fuck. They're going to throw they're going to fly Goodwin back in and Juge can tweet his buddy all his buddies about that. Uh hopefully he knows what I mean. Um they'll fucking get Jari Evans. They'll get all those hosses up there for that. They'll hit fuck Colston. They'll have fucking Meacham. Dude, they will commission a painting of the Meech around, and it will be an exhibit, (laughs) and he'll come out there and gladhand people. It'll be exciting. Fucking Lance Moore will get one. Fucking everybody's going to get one. They may fuck – well, maybe not Shockey. It it pains me to say that because maybe he wasn't with the team long enough. But He wasn't. But they could have fucking – they could have – Look, don't rain on my parade. I'm willing to admit that it's probably not going to happen, but don't totally crush the parade here for me. Um, fucking Colston. I mean, good lord, man. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna get uh oh the old they're gonna get sharper. They're gonna probably have Jabari Greer if he plays a couple more years and doesn't completely fall apart. Malcolm Jenkins if he stays if he stays and fucking actually contributes like he's been doing. Cameron Jordan, uh, the other fat guys. Curtis Lofton, if he ends up staying here longer than he did the Falcons and really just hammers the Falcons in those games, we'll fucking love him forever for that. Well, Pierre Thomas is seventh on the Saints' all-time leading rushing list right now with 3,000. Yeah, I'm going to say he needs to get top five. So he needs to how get far, to— How far is he from the top five, Three like yardage-wise? Not even 300 yards. Oh, so he'll probably get there this season. Yeah, Ruben Mays is fourth with 3,408 yards. So I mean, like, but the thing I mean, is, Ruben Mays. I consider Ruben Mays Saints Hall of Fame material. So uh, I don't know. He well, but he had he had that one real eighty six is is a fantastic. Maybe I mean it's a the benchmark for like all Saints running backs to be measured by. Um, yeah. But no, it's an interesting question. But you know, that's sort of more of an off season topic. I was hoping to stump Kevin, but he went on this glorious rant about how they're going to have to open a new wing to the Saints Hall of Fame. Basically, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been, Look, uh, gonna, I've been. They're gonna need. They're gonna need one wing for Drew Brees and all of his accolades and accomplishments that aren't the MVP because <laughs> the fucking voters just want to hand it off to somebody fucking else. They just want to hand it off to somebody else. They can't even. They can't even shave off a fucking sliver of an MVP award for this guy. And it, I mean, that's just you know, that's just the fucking way it's gonna be. That's the way it's gonna be. I mean, fucking Peyton Manning. God damn it, man. I mean, the guy was engaged. The guy was engaged in fucking thermonuclear warfare yesterday against fucking Tony Romo and survived. And he just racked up yardage. I'm, I'm, I, I can't. I'm not even calling him a stat whore. The man just went off, comes out the winner and just adds to his fucking total. It's it, I mean, he's uh, unstoppable. He's unstoppable. I mean, he's he's built up a tremendous lead. Like fucking last, like fucking Aaron Rodgers two years ago, and this is just it's just a real nice kick to the balls. Yeah, it's it's which is of course very similar to two thousand nine. <laughs> it is, Dave. If I said to you, the, the you over under have... on Mark Ingram. Oh, okay, we're not no, going no. there. We're not. 
marking. We're going to get to marking. He's building up, man. He's building up. We're going to get to marking in a second. I try to get all the high points first. I have a bunch of questions from people on Twitter and Canal Street Chronicles, by the way. I solicited for questions. Oh, well, okay. Well, before you fire that one out, let me fire this one at you. If I said to you, Dave, you you can have Jimmy Graham or you can have any other offensive player in the NFL that's not a quarterback, would you swap Jimmy Graham for any other player in the no. NFL on offense? No. Jimmy Graham is arguably – I mean, he's he's the best tight, He's the best player at his position uh, in the NFL right now. There's no argument with that whatsoever. Nope. And uh, he's – Wait, you're saying you would take Jimmy Graham over Adrian Peterson? Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, can, let me let's be honest here. The Saints are five and zero. Oh. I wouldn't change a damn thing. Why would? Why do we need to change anything? If I was going to change anything, it would be somebody on the offensive line. Every all these skill positions on offense, they are fine. And 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 I mean, wanting Adrian Peterson to me, yeah. I mean, I understand why why you would want him. He's just the greatest running back ever. But. Uh, it, that would just be a luxury at that point. That's not something we need. If you want to know what this team needs, it needs help on the offensive line. But yeah, uh, give me the give me the guy who right now is the greatest tight end ever over the guy yeah. who is the greatest running back right now. Well, and the and the thing is, is Adrian Peterson right now is not having a career year. Jimmy Graham is in the middle of what will probably be his. I think it's going to be better than 2011, and I can't fathom that it's going to ever get any better than this. So I've got to say that this is probably Jimmy Graham's best year of his career. Well, that well that brings me to this then. If if you if you're say if what you're saying is Jimmy Graham is the best offensive player in the NFL, not a quarterback, then Andrew, I ask I ask you if that's true, what the fuck is his contract value then? Oh, I mean, I'm not going to be able to put a number to it. The only thing I can tell you is it boggles my mind that they, you know, Mickey Loomis and the Saints front office, they like to gamble. They like to roll the dice. Yeah. They, you know, they didn't want to give pay him last year or even two years ago after 2011. Uh, they they should have paid him after after last year when he had a little bit of a down year. And, and it was not really that down of a year, but... Uh, Compared to 2011 and compared to this year, it was a quote-unquote down year. You know, they like to roll the dice, and this is a contract year for Jimmy, and he's making them pay, literally and figuratively. Um, I I don't know what the number is going to be, but it's probably going to be the highest ever for a tight end in history, I would imagine. Andrew, is it it getting into... Is it getting into non-tight end money category like Calvin Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald type I money? Think well, I think that's what that's what's going to be the sticking point for sure. I mean, I think you know if, if the agent for Jimmy Graham is doing his job, he's going to say, I mean, I, I, I think his agent is going to do a good job of playing numbers and looking at all of the plays that Jimmy that Jimmy Graham lined up in. How many times was he lined up in the slot? How many times was he lined up out wide? And then make the argument like, okay, he, he's a tight end. He's listed as a tight end on the depth chart. Uh, but beyond that, if you look at the times he was put out wide, the times he was put in the slot versus the times he was at the line of scrimmage like a traditional tight end, um, he lined up as, as a quote-unquote receiver a lot more times. And so, and then you start to talk about his production and his numbers. And I think that's where the contention – I mean, he's basically a hybrid player, right? I mean, he's basically a – yeah. A tight end that doesn't block that well, and he's he's kind of like a receiver that's not as fast. Um, so, I mean, he's the perfect hybrid. Um, so his agent's going to want to talk about how he fits in as a receiver, and obviously Mickey Loomis is smart, and he's going to play the tight end card. Um, now, the one thing that I think ultimately bodes well in the Saints' favor in terms of negotiations is they can always slap him with the franchise tag, and I think ultimately it'll probably get to that point. Um, because the franchise tag is the aggregate of the top five paid Tight players at, at that position. And so I think if he goes down, and that's that's what his agent's going to fight, but ultimately if he gets tagged and he gets valued as a tight end, um, the average of the top five tight ends is going to be nowhere near what he wants to make. And so at that point, I think the Saints will kind of have him by the balls 
and he'll have to come down off of his receiver expectations, and maybe they meet in the middle. Yeah. All right, Dave, you solicited Twitter questions from the people. Um, I solicited Twitter questions and uh, open uh, open thread questions. Okay, we'll fire a couple at us. We'll do it rapid fire. And when I say rapid fire, Kevin, I mean try to keep your answer to like under 45 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good uh, luck. going to be hard. That's going to be hard, hard for him to do. I know. Um, somebody that's a that's, I think they're actually serious. Does Rob Ryan head directly to Miss Mays when returning home from an away game? Kevin, you I thought about that. this because I almost thought about going Sunday night. Kevin, does he does he just head straight to Miss Mays? Uh, I think he goes home and drops off his luggage and gets his uh, and gets his uh, his his drinking flask. <laughs> but yeah, basically, I think he has somebody do his luggage for us i think he probably gets off the gets off the plane and has a cab waiting for him uh andrew your thoughts do they serve heineken <laughs> of course all right next next question um all right here's another one um at this point our saints run plays just a waste of a down <laughs> <laughs> dave you take that one um i, I mean i i hear what he's saying but no i mean obviously you can't I mean, what, what's what's the alternative? Then you just want the you just want Drew Brees to pass on every down. Um, his arm will fall off. Uh, no, I don't think that's the case. And like I said earlier, I mean, I think the Saints' run game is getting a little bit better, so I think it's heading in the right direction. Andrew, I yeah, I agree with Dave. I mean, I don't know if I'm supposed to answer that question as a joke or <laughs> serious. I take it seriously, but no, no. Um, no, the Saints have to keep running the football. And look. There, there's one thing that I kind of hang on to that was mentioned in the broadcast um, that was said that Sean Payton had said that he couldn't take Drew Brees' health for granted. And I think Brees, you know, obviously with what he eats and his and his uh, stretching routine and, and how he takes care of his body, I think he's less likely to sustain an injury than your average player, even if he takes a big hit. Um, but, but look, he can still get a concussion. He can still tear an ACL just like anybody else out there. And so... Um, he can't be getting hit this much. So they, 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 not only do they need to run the ball, they need to do a better job of it. Kevin? Well, if Drew Brees did get hit uh, really hard, he could always retire and go in the commentary booth and completely uh, ignore who the best team in the NFC is and say <laughs> that somebody else is better. Um, there's always that. While he's at that game? <laughs> right, yeah, while he's at the game, watching God the best team it, play in front of him. Why does why does God hate us so much? Making eight minute buck through the games. Jesus. Hey, by the way, the Jets just had a ridiculous goal line stand against the Falcons <laughs> right right before halftime. Off like four downs. Well, it's fourth and goal now, but the Falcons basically had like they had like pass interference, so first and goal at the one. The Falcons have had like eight tries from inside the five to score. Oh, Mike Smith, he's going to go for it. And oh, it he is going for it. He is going for it. So we got yes. four. We, we need to do live play-by-play. We, play we need to do live play-by-play. Fal Fal Falcons, Jets. Okay, so here's the deal. 17-7 Jets, <laughs> fourth and goal with seven seconds left in the half. So this, I mean, this is the half right here. Yeah. And they're either going to score a touchdown or it's going to stay 17-7. Here's play-action fake. He's got nowhere no, to go. He gets seven throws. And I think there might be another flag for pass interference. Oh, my, oh God. my God. There was like three guys that they just don't want to win. Gonzalez. No. And now there's now there's one second left. Now there's one. All right. Keep talking. And I'll, I'll when I snap, I'll come back. I'll no. chime back in. All right, well, there's more questions. We got tons more questions. We got right. tons. Okay, good. We'll do one more question. And then uh, All right. fire, fire the last question. All right. This one's actually from Angry Houdet. How many Falcons does it take to screw in a light bulb? Kevin? Well, none, because, I mean, isn't part of the city still burning from 100-and-something years ago? Uh, topical. Topical. It is. I would say it takes it takes two. One to clench a number one seed, and then the second one to blow it in the playoffs. <laughs> So it takes two, and they don't get it. Oh my they god! Stopped. They got stopped. They got stopped. They got stopped. Oh my god! I stand for the ages. Somewhere, Rob Ryan just slammed a Hanukkah and toasted his brother. Rex, Rex Ryan is going nuts <laughs> on the sideline. Man, this is fantastic. Oh, and and, and oh, and guys, uh, in the midst of your jubilation, I crunched the numbers here. The top five salaries 
for tight ends, base salaries, top five tight ends, the average five point two million. Oh man, that tag is a killer for Graham because he's. Hey, hey, sorry, Jimmy. Sorry, Jimmy. (laughs) So as we're as we're reveling in in one Ryan Brothers uh, defensive triumph, uh, Kevin. I can't believe they didn't get in. I they are terrible. How can you not believe that? It's a fucking. <laughs> I mean, I believe it, but I mean, Jesus, Mike Smith is going to go through like four. It's the Falcons at there. home on Monday night. Of course, they were going to fucking do something. Like that. <laughs> 2013 just gets better and better and better. Um, I know yeah. somebody else asked if the NF, if a division has ever been clinched by by Halloween. Because I it's think a, it's about to. I know. I think that's the track we're heading. Oh my! God. I th- I want to say the Patriots a few years ago, like yeah, I do too. I, clinched I, I, like very very early. I want to say when they went seventeen and zero. I want to say they clinched that son of a bitch when they were nine and whatever whatever like week nine would be, which would be right around Halloween, right? Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, but to the Google have like what nine? You'd have to have at least nine wins, I would think, or maybe even eight. You have to have nine, and the other team would only have to have one. Okay. You were nine and zero because that would make them one and eight, and you would be nine and zero, so you'd have it clinched. Well, with the uh, two other teams. So, uh, Kevin, you know we make we 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 have fun with uh, with Rob Ryan, the hair, the drinking, the Miss May, and people have fun with Rex because he kind of melts down at press conferences and. And he's kind of Looney Tunes and, you know, he's and, and the foot fetish and the foot fetish and all that. And it's fun. And we love the guy. And we love them. They're great. They're great fun. But I think maybe it takes away from the fact that those two motherfuckers can coach some defense. I mean, seriously, the Jets have a bunch of old nobodies and the Saints have our top 10 defense. Yeah, I, I mean, Maybe Re- you look. Maybe Rex Ryan at the end of the day is not is really not fit to be a head coach. And and look, the 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 few times that uh, that Rob got got a chance at the helm, uh, the couple of times didn't work out. So they're, maybe they're in. Look, maybe those two are in uh, are just are, are are in that perpetual. Just keep them as a DC. Never make them a head coach. Maybe they're just at that level. I mean, fuck. Oh, they're, 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 look, their dad, buddy, wasn't as fucking great as everybody likes to remember. No, but he but, really wasn't. But to be fair to Rob Ryan, he has coached the Jets during their golden age. I mean, this Rex. is as good as it's well, Rex. This is as good as it's been for the Jets. His stretch of tenure. I mean, the Jets are a, a since Joe Namath won the Super Bowl, they've been basically a joke, you know. <laughs> well, Bill Parcells, awesome Bill right Parcells now. briefly, Bill Parcells briefly resurrected them. Yeah. Before going away. Um. Twitter is like the funniest it's ever been right now. Everybody <laughs> is dying over the Falcons. I think they need like a we need like a we need we need somebody at, at Canal Street Chronicles to make an angry Houdat logo. So whenever something funny happens with the Falcons, you just slap that up on twi- Twitter and it's like the bat signal. And he just <laughs> whatever he's doing, he just goes to Twitter. We could do that. We need to have we need to have that happen. Somebody the needs the alcoholic. The alcoholic. All they could say is why they don't even they don't even know. That's amazing. Angry Houdat says I love football. <laughs> Jay Green says this is more fun than watching the Saints win. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but it's close. Saints Polo says Mike Smith for coach of the year. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It, 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 it's not as fun as watching the Saints win, but it's damn close. And when the Saints are 5-0 and and Atlanta wins, that's football heaven. Mike, Mike Freeman said even the Jaguars are laughing at the Falcons. Uh, we'll get to that. Wait. We'll get to that in a second. Speaking <laughs> Give Mike Smith a contract extension dot com. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, I loved your line about in for the power rankings last week about how Bill Walsh, when uh, he was coaching against in the in the uh, NFC West, what did he feel like he was coaching against children when he yeah. was when he was coaching against the Saints horrible coaches and other to yeah. people. Um, Andrew, thank you. This defense is like. Beyond all expectations, right? It's, they're just they're just killing it. 
Um, and every week I think I'm going to do the chart and it's going to be not as good as the week before. And every week it's better. They were, they allowed 2.6 yards of rush on first down against the bears. And that doesn't even include the fumble by Cutler on the first play of the game. I didn't even count that. Um, this team is awesome on third down, on third and long. They're only allowing 28% on third and more than seven. They're killing it in situations where it's second and third and long as far as allowing pass plays of more than 10 yards. They're only allowing 16% pass plays of more than 10 yards. When yeah, teams. that's outstanding. So if you look at this defense, what can you say, oh, they need to, they need to be better at, at this? Is there, is there anything? No, no, <laughs> no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing. I mean, look, when we designed this chart, we, we talked about, okay, they don't need to be all world. They, no, they need to be 20th. They need to be 20th in the league. That, that's, that's what we were hoping for. But and they for, went with that all world anyway. They did. I mean, for Rob Ryan to come in and, and turn this into a top 10 defense through five weeks. I mean, the five weeks is starting to feel like a sustained thing. I mean, that's almost a third of the season. They, so they gave up 18 points, and their points per game almost went up a point. And I, yeah, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. Will Smith out for the year. Jonathan Vilma hasn't played on the team. Now you could argue that both that the, those are blessing in disguises, but um, Butler, Victor Butler, hasn't played it down. Um, you know, they've they've had numerous. I'm I'm forgetting someone. I mean, Broderick Bunkley's been out. Um, you know, so uh, Roman Harper's been out. They've had numerous injuries this and, and it hasn't I mean at some point I mean obviously coaching makes a difference we all know that but I think I pre, I mean I can present Rob Ryan and Sean Payton as exhibit a as to just how much of a difference it truly does make Andy Reid has completely changed the Chiefs look at them at 5-0 and oh now I, again I, I think even at the highest level at the NFL there there aren't 32 head coaches that make a difference um, I think there's two, three, four, five, six, maybe that are truly elite head coaches where when they are coaching a team, when their team goes into a game, they have a distinct advantage over any opponent they play because they are just that far ahead of the curve. Well, I'll say this. It was my favorite thing I read all day today, and it was Drew McGarry, his week four recap on GQ.com, and he – he, had, he he said, I made fun of the Saints fans in the preseason who said that uh, Sean Payton would be a miracle miracle cure for their defense and their team. He's like, but I was wrong. He's black magic. He cured everything. Gumbo, gumbo, <laughs> po' boy, who dat, crawfish, police corruption. And... <laughs> And it was that, my, will, that will never not be funny. No, it will never not be funny. And I was just like, he's not an expert or anything. He's just a guy who writes funny columns. But it's true. I mean, it's true. Like Peyton, Sean Payton, they don't pay him enough. He makes eight million. They could probably, he's probably worth double that. Um, so hashtag, I, hashtag CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> um, clap yell. <laughs> By the way, even more enter- even more entertaining is the Falcoholic open game thread. They, it's 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 carnage. I can't look away. <laughs> you don't want to you don't want to look away. You want to. Can you a- give us? Can you just drop a couple of tasty morsels, Dave? Oh, of- yeah, absolutely. Uh, where the hell was it? Um, just pepper it. <laughs> oh uh, well, there's there's a word for this. This is called a Mongolian clusterfuck. Uh, good thing we good thing we held on to that six million in cash space for emergencies. Uh, let's see what else. <laughs> Who the fuck is running the show in Flowery Branch? And fucking Frank? What? <laughs> oh, oh my yes. God. Somebody comments to that and says, hey, "Do you Helen, Helen Keller?" I will yeah. say this: we make fun of Atlanta fans for not caring. They care a lot. Oh my God. Um. Obviously, there's a lot of um, fire Mike Smith stuff. Uh, There's a lot of people calling for Mike Smith. Somebody wants to hire Gruden. Yeah, okay, good luck. Um, Somebody, somebody, I can't find it, but somebody had something to, uh, oh, is this the 2007 Falcons? Uh, uh, 2012 ain't walking through that door. Ten plays up the gut with no luck. Yeah, let's see what happens this time. 
<laughs> mm. uh, you could just keep going for the rest of the podcast, and it would be the, probably the greatest podcast we've ever would done. Be. Uh, yeah, uh, that, that that's the best one. Um, I'm I'm completely off the rails now. Uh, Andrew, joy. <laughs> I am. You know what? This football season is like a great dinner, and then you get the 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 great dessert, and then you get the dessert wine. It just keeps getting better and better. No, and then the chef comes to your table and gives you the free dessert wine yeah. on the house. <gasps> Andrew. The Saints go to New England um, this week. And Fuck them. <laughs> we'll get to Bill Belichick and, and uh, me and you's hatred of New England in a second, Kevin. <laughs> Andrew, is this the most – the biggest test the Saints have faced so far, do you think? Uh, I still think the biggest test was probably the Falcons at home the first week of the season just because – I mean, I realize the Falcons are, are really <laughs> struggling right now, but at the time it was – 13 and three, um, you know, having just won the division, the Saints kind of coming back. Sean Payton's first game, and and so, and obviously came down to the last play. So, I think that was, and at the time they they were healthier. They had Steven Jackson, so that that was a tough game and, and a big one for the Saints to win, obviously. But I think right now, if you're asking me if this is the biggest test for the Patriots, I don't even think the Patriots are that good this year now. Gronkowski and Amendola are probably both going to play in this game. So we'll see how that changes the Patriots. I think that there's a good chance that, that makes them better. Um, but the Patriots, they have kind of farted their way to 4-1. and one. I mean, they have not looked impressive. And honestly, I think the Saints are going to come into Foxborough and dump truck them. I could be wrong. <laughs> you could... <laughs> Kevin, you're all right over there, man? Jeremy McGarry! I kind of get that. Jeremy McGarry with a great tweet. Mike Smith, Mike Smith, maybe weeks away from returning to his job as mafia chauffeur. <laughs> right below that. Kevin, right Kevin right are you? That. Are you hitting? Kevin, you're cracking me up. Uh, <laughs> can, can Drew McGarry's tweet somebody, please let go of Kevin's ball? Uh, somebody, somebody asked us on Twitter when I asked for questions, asked us on Twitter to count how many uh, members on the Falcons coaching staff were members of the Mafia. <laughs> oh, my God. We have does, or, does, or, does Mafia least, janitor count as a member? Or, or at the very least, we're dormant at an Atlanta strip club. <laughs> I guess there's a running team there. I guess a few people think God. they look like them up there. Oh, uh, Dave, you were uh, gonna say something about the Patriots game, the matchup. I, yeah, please. I, I, I just agree with you. I, I I don't know why I have I have a little confidence about this game. I mean, I I really do feel like this is a super talented team, and and at this point now, going into Chicago, I mean, Chicago's not like the greatest team in the world, but. Uh, you know, the field was a pain in the ass. It was away. It wasn't the easiest of games. Uh, now that they've done that, you know, I, I'm I'm confident that they can beat the Patriots. You know, again, it could be very similar to 2009. 2009, they had a big game against them uh, on Sunday or Monday night. And uh, Drew Brees just played lights out. And everybody, you know, Tom Brady didn't even play the end of the game. And, uh, and the Patriots aren't even as good as they were back then. But, uh, you know, we could... I don't think the Patriots are that great. They have they have serious offensive. Line. I I I watched uh, a little bit of the game and I have the third. I I need to watch the thirty minute game. But their offensive line looked when I saw it. They looked like I mean, Cincinnati was kicking their ass. Now granted, it was I don't think game. I don't think you can really judge anything from that game based on the weather. Because it well, I mean, yeah, but yeah. if your offensive line is getting just destroyed, isn't isn't that one thing kinda? No or no. Yeah, I mean definitely because the Saints defensive line is extremely good. Um Kevin, you and me have an equal post hatred of New England. You take it to another level because you hate Bill Simmons as well. Rightfully. Rightfully yes. my dad. Yes. Um, yes, as I stroke my imaginary beard and look back upon simpler times when yes. an asshole could just well, not even not even an asshole directly, when an asshole's obnoxious minion could just 
hurl accusations all willy-nilly. Yeah. Um, so we agree on that. And But if I told you, Kevin, the Saints could dump truck the Patriots 60 to nothing this Sunday, but Tom Brady would still have his touchdown streak, what would you choose? What's the alternative? You could the Saints can win sixty to nothing Sunday, but Tom Brady's or sixty to seven, but Tom Brady's touchdown streak would still be intact. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Because I, listen, I turned around once I felt the Saints game was, you know, done, even though it really wasn't. And I immediately turned and focused my attention to the Patriots game in the bar, and I started screaming unconscionable things. Listen to the post-game joke. Held was out of his mind yesterday. In a room full of in a room full of crowded people. In a room full of crowded people, and there were actually some Saints fans there. And a couple of them looked at me and going, "Oh, what? You have Tom Brady on your fantasy team or something, or do you have the Bengals defense?" I was like, "No, <laughs> this is for the fucking record." And a couple of them didn't fucking know exactly what I was talking about, which made me question what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> but the guy who was actually closest to me looked at me and kind of like nodded at me, like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about." And the second fucking Pac-Man, Pac-Man Jones of all fucking people, woot woot, make bro, it right. fuck. Lap dances for you. They're on me. This dude at the bar next to me fucking high fives me and goes, Br- Br- Breeze keeps the record. I'm like, you're goddamn right. There's justice in the world still. Because here's the thing. Everybody on fuck, you know, there's people on Twitter that want to give me shit. That's a meaningless record, blah, 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 yada, yada. You know what it is? It ain't even for now. It really ain't even about about right now enjoying it. It, it really isn't. As As wonderful as it felt, knowing that, Brady won't catch it, and, and and the national media doesn't get to fillet him all week. Knowing that doesn't matter. It's about, you know, I don't even know who's who's close, who's next closest. I really don't because otherwise that would have been jammed down my throat with who's who's next closest. No, so it's got to be somebody that's still a ways off. So we've got a couple more years or a few more years of this, thankfully. That record that's is, gonna, what it is. I think that it's record about, is going to stay for a long time now because I don't look, think – Right. That's, no, what, that's the thing. That's the thing. That. That's the thing. Rec- I understand records are made to be broken, and if somebody breaks this, I'll be fine with it. Just but not Brady. Breeze, right, but Breeze <laughs> is going to get to hold on to this for a good while. Think if Lance Moore for a good while last year against the Falcons. What would it be? Yeah, yeah it's, it's right? nice in an era with, with Peyton and with – Aaron Rodgers and, with Breeze, and Tom Brady with and so with, many and good Brady, contemporaries right, that none of right. them could do it. Exactly. I said this when he set the single-season yardage record. In an era, in a league, in which the rules have been relaxed and changed and altered to benefit the passing game, to benefit the quarterback, when everybody is slurping the second coming of Johnny Unitas because he wears his socks high and he's got those, those – and he had those jet black cleats – just like Johnny Football you, blah, blah, blah. When Tom Brady, in between so banging Johnny, models. Johnny Football. <laughs> Johnny U. Yeah, well, they call Johnny U Johnny Football, too. Uh, yeah, they do. Okay. Yeah. So, so Johnny Unitas stole that name from John Manziel? No, Johnny, Foot, John, John, Johnny Manziel is Johnny Football. John, John Unitas is Johnny U. So it's kind of different. But no, but po- they weren't – no, hang on a minute, man. I'm in the middle of a rant, and Dave's throwing logic and questioning things and throwing down roadblocks here and fucking spike strips, and I'm trying to drive 90 on the freeway here, okay? Let me have this, all right? In an era when everything was relaxed and set up for offenses, knowing that they had Bree, knowing that they had Brady, knowing that they had Manning, knowing that they had Big Ben, knowing that they had Eli, Rodgers coming up. They still had Favre at the end of his career. Guess what? The fucking records belong to Breeze. They belong to him. Drew Breeze has more fucking records than a lot of fucking people have friends. Okay? That's how many fucking records this guy has. This guy is stockpiling yards, okay? He may finish with more fucking yards this season than there are fans in the Georgia Dome watching this game by the time things are done, okay? 
Yeah, but he that's, has less MVPs. That's how many Steve fucking yards. Okay, this and you're and you're gonna fucking tell me you're gonna somebody's gonna sit here and fucking tell me that Tom Brady's better, that Peyton Manning's better. I don't know. I don't think so. That's gonna be. I that, don't fucking think so. That's gonna make Kevin's head explode in like twenty. What is it? Twenty thirteen in like twenty in like twenty twenty five when Peter King writes a column that like Drew he's like Drew Brees yeah he won two Super Bowls or one you know won three Super Bowls and threw for five thousand yards six times but he was never MVP and he was only he was only first team All Pro that one time I just don't know I just don't know and Kevin Peter said he'll King, do a three sixty Peter King is gonna need to switch to vegan if he wants to make it to twenty twenty five that's probably true mean but true. Uh, all right. Now we're going to do one of my favorite things that I, I don't think the rest of you enjoy, but I enjoy it. These we call are it, a few of my favorite things. Yes, it's called Game Time. And Dave, the first game is for you. <laughs> and it is over under Mark Ingram carries the rest of the year. <laughs> How did I know this was coming? Okay, what, what is it? What is it? It set, is. Set it. Set that It is board. 11 under, and a half. Under. Under. <laughs> <laughs> Tiny under. under. Totally under. I mean, that's not that many carries. Eleven and uh, a half. No, zero, zero is not many carries at all. <laughs> zero, zero carries. It is sounds true. like if you had said it at one, he would have picked the under. <laughs> he would, you don't think Mark Ingram's carrying the football ever again? <laughs> the the no, over I, under no, on carries is half a carry. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I I guess I guess if somebody gets. Uh, I guess if Kyrie Robinson gets injured, then maybe he comes back in. Okay. Um, assuming, assuming, assuming health all around, which is probably unwise to to assume, but uh, but assuming everything is in a vacuum, then Mark Ingram does not get another carry. Well, that's why you have to. That's why I said at eleven and a half, you kind of have to fact. That's my factoring. That's my factoring in injuries. So Andrew, eleven and a half carries for Mark Ingram the rest. Oh, of the def- year. definitely the over. For sure. He'll play again. He'll get his chance. It's a long season. Uh, Kevin? God. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the over because they're going to give him one more game. They're going to give him at least what? one more why? game. Well, why? Well, I, okay, that's what I don't understand. I think that's it. I think they've moved on. I think unless unless they have to, they're they're not going to use him. I mean, no, what, no, what because- if, uh, but here's the thing: they'd be te- if someone else was tearing it up, then I then I would agree that he, the door is shut. But Kyrie has only been okay. Pierre Thomas has struggled to run the football at times, and and <clears throat> Sproles is limited in what he can do on the ground. So, I mean, unless someone starts to tear it up where their decision is made really easy, at some point they're going to bring him back if if these guys can't cut it. I think no, because I. No, because I think the coaching staff knows that the reason that their running backs aren't tearing it up is not because of the running backs. It's because of the offensive line. Yeah, I, I agree. In my in my opinion, I think the coaching staff feels that their running backs are doing the best that they can. And I also think that they feel that Kyrie Robinson does way more with his limited touches uh, than Mark Ingram. And, and, and they both Robinson and Ingram have to know that they're going to get limited touches. They're not going to be. I mean, the one question that we haven't really addressed is this toe injury. You know, we don't really know the extent of it. We don't know if he had this problem before he, you know, started sitting out games. So that's the one question mark for me is how injured was he when he was playing these games so poorly and did it affect his performance? Well, yeah, but that thing is with those turf, those turf toe injuries or whatever he might have, Andrew, those things, like, you can't – it's not like other injuries where you just rest it and it gets better in a month. Like, those things, you, you get it and it's like you're fucked all year long. You just – Yeah, until you get surgery. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, the next game – and I'm going to take – I'm going to take the under. I just – I just don't think Mark Ingram's going to get carried. There you go. Wait a minute, Ralphie yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah. Kevin, this question is for you, and it's not Saints-related, but it is fun as we watch Atlanta getting beat on Monday night. Will Ron Rivera or Greg Schiano be employed on Christmas? Is that is that an all or nothing? It can be any way you want it to be. Both, one, neither, or both. 
I mean, if I had to pick one to get fired, uh, it's going to be Shiano. I don't think Shiano makes it to Christmas. I, I could see Ron Rivera if the, even if the Panthers are even if the Panthers are posting another losing season. The Panthers I mean, look pathetic. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm aware that the Panthers look pathetic, but if the Panthers, I mean, fuck, you take away Steve Smith and 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 you know Scam Newton and what? I mean, what? I mean, I, I, I'm. I'm not threatened by them. I mean, yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, It's just, I I can definitely see the ownership just saying, fuck it, let's roll with them because what are we, I mean, who are we going to bring in? Who are they going to bring in? They can make Mike Mike Shula, Dave Shula, Don Shula. (laughs) (laughs) Some Shula? Exactly. Heath Shula? (laughs) Oh. All right, Andrew. So, Will Ron Rivera or Greg and Greg Schiano be employed on Christmas? I don't know what's going to happen in Tampa because I feel like now they're kind of pod committed to their head coach. I mean, they they shipped off the quarterback, they released him, and so I, I feel like they they kind of made that call that you know the the sucking has been on the quarterback, not the coach. So now that they've made that commitment, I think you know, you fire the coach midseason and the quarterback midseason, then what what does that say about your ability to not hire, even mid-season. Your to make decisions. Yeah. So yeah, not even mid season. So honestly, I, I think Shiano stays, if nothing more than just stubbornness from the, the from the oh, front man. office if, that they if, need to commit to something. If, if, um, if, if we get a year, if we get a third year of Greg Shiano, that would be better than having two number one picks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have some unfortunate news to report. Um, the Falcons have just yeah, the Falcons. those 17, 14 the Falcons. Oh, boo. Um, so Dave, Greg Schiano and Ron Rivera, will they both be employed on, like on Christmas? I mean, I just don't, I just feel like really what's the point in firing the coach? I mean, you're going to want to wait until, the off season after other coaches have been fired, other head coaches, because you're going to want to pick from that pool. I mean, I feel like if you fire a coach, yeah, but it happens all the time, man. They do know, inter- like interim coaches. It happens. It happens in Oakland. That's where that happens. It happened I, I with just, the Saints. Yeah, it did. In reference to what? When was that? What Rick was that? Venturi when Ditka, no. Well, actually, Mora and Ditka were both fired <sighs> before the end of the season. And then what they do? Did they have an interim head coach? Yes, both times. It was both times. It was Rick Venturi. <laughs> they went and got a right, and then they got a real coach. Yes. <laughs> so I mean, I, but I, that, that's exactly the situation that I don't understand. Okay, and let's let's also, if we're going to be referencing Saints moves when they sucked, I mean, I mean, the Saints weren't very good until 2006, uh, for the most part. I mean, I guess 87 or whatever, whenever Moore was coach. But I mean, did anyway, I get that? Did I get that right, Ralph? Was Venturi yeah. the interim for both regimes? Uh, you know he because they they didn't they didn't fire Hazlitt until after. No, I'm talking about who replaced Moore when he was fired. Venturi. Pretty sure it was Venturi. And Vin- Venturi replaced Ditka as well, right? No, they didn't fire. They fired Ditka the day after the final game. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, they. Uh, I mean it it it's it's I mean I it's possible and and there's always that surprise. There there's always like maybe that surprise end of the year firing with like two games to go. Like I would put uh, Jason Garrett on that list if the Cowboys suck. Um, so, I mean, I, I think, I think Ron Rivera is going to go. I don't think he's going to be, I don't think he's coaching at Christmas. I don't know. I, I think Shiano is on a hotter seat. I don't know. We'll see. Well, I, I, I want a third year of Shiano because yeah, well, obviously. I feel like God owes it to me. Um, all right. Should we do the awful tweeter? We should, or? and Andrew, take it away. It is fantastic. This is a new segment on the show, the worst tweet slash tweeter of the week. Go ahead. Okay, well, I'm going to need opinions here. I'm going to need a ruling from everyone because um, I actually have a tough time with picking who's the worst between these two. Um, so what you've got is the official account of the Denver Broncos tweeting that – Reminding everyone that the Broncos scored 51 points this weekend, and 51 points just so happens to be what the Jaguars have accumulated for the entire season. So and for the entire season, they scored 51 points, and the Broncos did it in one game. And so the Broncos um, 
account, official account, pointed that out. The Jaguars official account then responded with stay classy Denver. And Denver's official account then responded with no pot shots, just, just stating the facts or just, just, just stats, just numbers. So on one hand, it's, it's kind of like, so who, who, who kind of messed up here? Is, is it the Broncos because they're five and oh, and the Jags are own five and making fun of the Jags. I mean, it, I just kind of feel like that's like making fun of special ed class when you're in grade yeah, school. And, and, and it's the week Denver plays Jacksonville. Yeah, you just don't do it. You don't pick on the short bus. You know, if you have any moral code or standard, you, you don't pick on the little guy. Um, now, on the flip side, is it on Jacksonville for responding? I mean, at first you're like, okay, well, good for them. They, they stood up for themselves. But then the Broncos are just stating the facts. And if you've got a problem with the facts, then maybe you should play better football. So so then the question becomes, is it on Jacksonville for responding to it instead of just taking their medicine and, and being better on the field? Uh, I think so, Jack- so I want to know what the ruling is. I think three. Jacksonville should have, should have tweeted stay classy and uh, linked to uh, Anchorman on YouTube. <laughs> that, would made it, that would have made it the greatest tweet from a, from a sports team ever. So you're ruling the Denver Broncos or the awful tweeter? Yeah, least. come on, Denver. You can't make fun of the short bus. <laughs> Dave? I think uh, I think they were just, you know, they could have been just copying and pasting uh, some s- stats from the, from the game capsule <laughs> that the NFL gives out for all I uh, know. Yeah, but I they mean, specifically they... targeted Jacksonville and said that they well, scored 51 points. Well, I'm assuming points. that they – I mean, I, I don't know the context of it, but how do I know that? The, I mean, obviously they were referencing Jacksonville because I, I'm assuming because they're playing them next week. And so they're giving their fans information about the upcoming team's opponent. They are. Uh, so I uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if they were like other if they were if this was if this tweet was like in the middle of sandwiched in the middle of like another two or three tweets. Um, with other f- f- Jacksonville, Denver facts, um, then I would definitely say, uh, you know, then they were just throwing out facts and Jacksonville is uh, just taking it a little personally. But um, so, if it was so like, you're going to say, I'm going to use a, I'm going to use a technical term here. You're, you're basically claiming that Jacksonville's just acting a little too butthurt. Sure. Kevin, I'm siding with Dave on this one. Uh. I just, it's, you know. Ralph, Ralph taking the higher road like a loser. <laughs> I mean, I mean, dude, you, you're owing. It's like, listen, yeah, for about a split second, you're just like, really? I mean, you're gonna you're gonna resort to yep. schoolyard high school, you know, schoolyard tactics. But at the same time, you are you you are the fucking worst team, like fucking ever. They the make Rams, the, they make the, the Rams last week were favored by 11 points over them. The, the okay? 2013 that has never that, like somebody fucking said leading up to, to the game yesterday that for for two teams at that point with those two records that is the biggest point spread in the fucking history they've been doing point spreads. Denver and well, now Denver what is Denver favored by? Are they favored by fucking 20? 28. 28, Whoa. Jesus Christ. I mean, this is, seriously, this is like fucking Stanford being matched up against, I don't know, fucking North Texas or some fucking Sunbelt team. This the, is terrible. The Jaguars make the 2008 Lions look like the 72 Dolphins. That's how bad the Jaguars are. No, they're going to no, win a game. They're going to win a game. Who? When? I don't know, man. It's the end. We'll find a way. I don't know. It's Yeah, maybe. I mean, the the Colts Love did, will find a way. The Colts did win with <laughs> Curtis Painter, so I guess anything is possible. Yeah, man. Come All on, right. um, Andrew, I'll start with you. Let's get to the Patriot game. Uh, oh, yeah. Give me, a, give me a score and give me who is going to be your new BFF on Monday or person you hate the most. Well, like I said, I picked the Bears last week. I learned my lesson. I'm glad the Saints proved me wrong. I, this week, am reversing my opinion about the Saints' ability on the road. I think they're going to come into New England. I think they're playing at a very high level right now. And I think the Patriots, while they're getting Gronkowski and Amendola back, and one would think their offense will improve because of it, 
I think the Patriots are going to struggle a little bit. Those guys are going to be rusty. Their offense will continue to struggle. Breeze is going to be hot. I think it's not going to be that close. I think it's going to be Saints 38 and Patriots 24. I That's think the, Saint, the Saints' 20-point barrier will be broken for the first time. The defense will give up more than 20, but the Saints win by at least a couple of touchdowns. Yeah. That makes for a fun week. Uh, Kevin? And a good bye week. It does. So a, good, oh, yeah. good, a good two weeks. Uh, Kevin? Yeah, I'm going to go Saints 31, Patriots 27. Uh, I think it's a, I think it's a shootout. Uh, although I think Brady, I think Brady gets sacked or yeah, I think he gets sacked at least five times. Wow. Uh, because here's the thing. We, there's a, there's a guy, there's a Patriots guy who works at the station up here. And strangely enough, he's married to a woman from New Orleans who's a Saints fan. And he's aware of, he's aware that the Saints defense is much better. And he and I got to talking today and I was telling him about how the defense looked great early on. It was swarming Jay Cutler. And he just started to like shake his head and go, you know, I, I don't know, man. Tom Brady is definitely not as mobile as he used to be. And I just, yes. and I just started laying into him. I said, yes. mobile? That fucker's got cement shoes, man. Kenny Vaccaro, and he didn't know what a German suplex was, so I forgave him for that. How I many said, people do? Listen, Kenny Vaccaro may just lock on a fucking chicken wing and suplex him then. <laughs> so. I'm perfectly fine with all sorts of wrestling moves. Maybe fuck, do it. Lock fucking Tom Brady in a Texas cloverleaf, and I will be a fan for life of whoever does that. Take the fucking 10 yard penalty. Take the unsportsmanlike. Take the ejection. Just put him in a Texas cloverleaf. Make the ref count to five. Get DQ'd. Whatever. Just do it. I'm fine with it. If somebody wants to, if somebody wants to channel the great Muda, spit some green mist into his face. I'm fine with that. What do you think Whatever. the fine from Goodell is for that? Don't give a shit. Lifetime ban. Built a billion plus. Uh, <laughs> Dave, what's your prediction? Uh, definitely, I said it earlier. Saints are going to win. Um, going to be 6-0 and oh, heading into the bye. A well-timed bye. Um. Looks like the forecast calls for rain. Won't be too uh, cold, but be some rain. Oh, shit. Uh, uh, yeah, I know, I know. We didn't want to hear that. But, uh, but uh, still, Saints are going to win. I'll go with, uh, and I agree with uh, with Andrew. I think uh, they're finally going to eclipse the 20-point mark on defense, giving up 20 more than 20 points. So I'm going to go with 27-21 Saints. And uh, my new BFF, I think maybe if it is raining, maybe they'll go with the running game a little bit more. And this is the week that the offensive line is finally going to gel and put all the pieces together. So I'm going to go with my my BFF is going to be Ben Grubbs because he's not going to get blown mm. up at all. <laughs> uh, That's a good choice. Yeah, I'm gonna just gonna go off the wall. Ben Ben Grubbs and the whole offensive line. We'll see the whole offensive line. They're gonna have a great game. I'm going to go 31-17 Saints, and wow. my, new, the, my new BFF is going to be Keenan Lewis because he's going to have a pick six to wrap it up Tracy Porter style, and that's going to make the week next week fantastic because, one, me and Kevin will get to listen to Bill Simmons' podcast where he laments and talks about how Tom Brady uh, might be on the downside and it might be time for uh, Ryan Mallett. Skip Bayless's head will explode, and you'll just get a week of what's wrong with the Patriots. So it'll just be <laughs> it'll just be gloriousness all the way around, and you get two weeks of being six and zero. So um, on that note, uh, we we are getting near the end of the podcast, but go to Saints Nation to read Andrew Juge's grades where he. Uh, waits for Drew Brees to cure cancer so he can give him an A+. Uh, go to Canal Street Chronicles. To... Are we going to have power rankings tomorrow? Oh, God, I hope. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I, I, dude, I'm, dude, this, this, this is probably, this is a bad, this, this is looking like a bad week. This is like, like you always do it where you, you, you count down really quick with like one word from like 32 to 4, and then you do a paragraph on 4, 3, 2, 1. Done. Come on now. People need Kev, the power. Kevin, you don't have much time left to wash your hands.
Yeah, exactly. God damn it. Give the people. We got to end it with that. Yeah. And remember, if you want to hear Kevin Walsh's hands in crystal clear audio, you got to donate. Even though we have a sponsor, we got to pay bills. We got lights and websites and. Med- and I still got and I still got to get hor- uh, horse steroids, wrestling oh, mask. Matt Ryan fumble. Matt Ryan fumble. Jeff's got it. Yeah. A wrestling cape. <laughs> and uh, a wrestling cape and a, and a, you know, all kinds of fun stuff. You know, he's got to get it get going to tanning bed, you know, all kinds of yeah. stuff. So, um, you know, uh, for Dave, for Andrew, for Kevin, I'm Ralph. This is the best football season ever. Uh, and I love you, New York Jets. Uh, until next week, be safe. <laughs> <laughs>